Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Alt Kings podcast. My name is Corbin, and this is my co-host, Tate. And today, we have a video on ISO 20022. Zesty, I know, Tate. It's, it's everything. Yes. It's literally everything. I'll put it at that. <laughs> Needless to say, every single majority, actually, every single token we've talked about is ISO 20022 compliant. Yep. And needless to say, in modern financial markets, success is built on accurate real-time data. Yep. Being able to efficiently exchange data is key to providing cheaper, better services today and a bigger or building bigger, more profitable businesses in the future. Yeah. And that's exactly what ISO 20022 revolves around. Yeah. So from a, a baseline level, ISO 20022, mouthful. We'll just, we'll, I, I hate having to like keep saying it because I'm going to keep screwing it up. More but, or less ISO 2022. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> but it's part of SWIFT. Yes. So I think we should start on with Swift. with on Swift, and then we'll start to break down the iceberg for sure. As it whore. <laughs> but Swift is a global member-owned initiative and the world's largest largest leading provider of secure financial messaging services. So essentially, Swift is like code, but for banks. Swift That's- is the alt king himself interesting that's more a, or less that's an interesting play okay huh, okay <laughs> needless to say we rule we we praise swift 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 does what they do They're, they do it pretty decently but these these iso standards are essentially like how so if you think about Swift as the code for banks, since it's their global universal messaging standard. Yes. Swift as a baseline is like, I don't, do you know about programming languages, Tate? Not much. Uh, okay. So for Windows computers, a lot of the base code is written in C. It's just, Java, a, it's just right? C. No, 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 not in Java. Uh, in C. C as the baseline. Okay. And then there are separate little subcategories of C that have been added on over time because there needed to be more and more powerful solutions for people to create things with for it. Sure. So you have C plus, you have C plus plus, you have C sharp. It's essentially all the different kind of, forms of script. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. all kinds of different forms of script. Each one is sort of like tailored to people's different needs. Some are more complex than others. Gotcha. Some of them have more features than others. It just kind of depends on what you're trying to create. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's where ISO 20022 comes in because it's like a new standard. standard, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Swift was actually founded in 1973 with 239 banks in 15 countries. And I think that was in I I don't know. That was I was about to say I was wondering if this had something to do with World War Two, why it had to be initiated. I think it did. Actually, it might have been with the... When did the Soviet Union fall? Was that the 90s? Either the 80s or the 90s? I think it was the 80s. The 80s? Okay. So, yeah. I think late 80s. Yeah, a lot of, Coming up a lot of turmoil 90s. in the world in that, in that time frame. But in 1977, it expanded to 518 institutions in 22 countries. And then now, in 2022, 
There are more than 11,000 institutional members from over 200 countries and territories. So SWIFT is massive. And that's why we praise them, though. Yeah. More or less. I mean, it's, 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 it's the, the ruler of all. It's the quant of the banking system. The overledger. The overledger. <laughs> it's the overledger of the <laughs> banking system. Yeah, that's, 200 countries. That's basically almost every country in the world. Yeah, it's a lot of them. It's going to be it's going to change a little bit, though, because of Russia doing what they're doing yeah. and yeah. making a whole separate thing called BRICS with they did it with. I want to say it was Brazil and China, I think, are the first two on board. Was Brazil, China wasn't India one. Maybe I'm not sure because those, those are the other ones I know for sure. But anyway, it doesn't it doesn't matter that for much. sure. But that's that's where ISO two zero zero two two can help because, comes into play. Yeah, yeah, that's where it comes into play because ultimately the standards Swift has been using are very antiquated in the way that they're they're structured gotcha. and their fee structure yeah. for actually writing these transactions and stuff for these giant banks and corporations and stuff. ISO two zero zero two is a messaging system. Yeah, but not just it's not more or less just sending like text messages. Any sort of message. Yeah. Any sort of digital message. Yeah. It's it, it it it's really good for handling cross-border payments. Yeah. That's when all of these bad boys come into play. Specifically this guy right here. Yes. Yeah. More or less. And then for the messaging side of things like IOTA or Algo. To send more... To send uh, like more or less decentralized... I guess you could say like decentralized emails in a way. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. But I think it's just, well, because obviously there's more than just XRP on the list that is yeah. compliant. Yeah. And obviously XRP <clears throat> does a great job with in, incorporating all of the banks and making sure that any sort of major bank can transfer money at a very fast and a very efficient rate for very low cost and very fast amount of time. But that's their major sector that they focus on. There's a lot more that goes into it besides just that. Mm -hmm. That ISO 20022 works around. Yeah. And I guess you could say like the messaging side of things. Like I'm not I'm not just talking about like the payments. I'm talking about like the communication side. Yeah. How they communicate mm -hmm. and how that goes on. I mean, Ripple and XRP have a factor in that, but like Algo and IOTA also have their have their benefits. Yeah. And like I see your point in that. And sure. that, that kind of goes back to that infograph that we keep spamming up up here or I keep spamming in post up here. <laughs> the about, best infograph you'll ever see. <laughs> yeah, about how they all interconnect together. Yeah. And they all have their their individual little niches, yes. but ultimately are still tied together yeah. because they are compatible with ISO two zero zero two two. It's all connected. It's all connected. Exactly. Though Swift primarily started for simple payment infrastructure or instructions, it now sends messages for a wide variety of actions, including security transactions, treasury transactions, trade transactions, and system transactions. Yeah, and that's kind of what we we're just where I was just implying. Yeah, so yeah, tokens. Yeah, exactly. So Swift Swift is more than just cross border payments. They 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 handle a lot of other things as well. They basically handle anything in the bank sector. <clears throat> Yeah, for the most part. And anything that needs to be sent 
across uh, across borders. Borders, yeah. And you know, it's a lot of stuff. It's a ton. It's, it's of more money. than the mind can comprehend. Yeah, it's a ton of money. Yeah. And we're not talking billions. We're talking trillions. Qu- not quadrillions. even quadrillions. Yeah. Yes, quadrillions. Yeah. And that's that's something that's hard to comprehend because nobody's really ever brought up that number. And I mean, you talk about you really only hear about billionaires. Yeah, and it's even hard to comprehend that. Yeah, a lot of zeros. Yeah, oh that, but it's <laughs> it's not as talked about. Like, mm-hmm. there's got to be a point in time. Well, there already is people out there who are going to be trillionaires. Oh yeah. I just think they're not talked about. Yeah. They're, well, they're just not on the rich list. They're not on that because they want to be hidden. They don't sure. want to be in the public. Yeah. And there's just going to be a point where instead of just talking about trillions of dollars in market cap and money being moved, it's going to turn into quadrillions. Yeah. And then people are going to be like, like, when did this number ever come about? One, yeah. one inflation, but two, just so much money in the world needing to be moved at a lot faster pace. And... Once ISO 20022 is implemented, it's just going to ramp up everything, mm-hmm. like, immensely. Like, the whole system's just going to be on hyperspeed. Yeah. And it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I say this every time we talk about it. It's just crazy to think about because there's just so much that is benefited from this. Yeah. And some of the benefits are the following. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Increased operational efficiency. Through greater automate automation, yep, more reliable customer due diligence, reducing financial crime, yeah, and I think that's a big one because there will be less of an opportunity for cyber attacks mm-hmm. for hackers to breach into crypto accounts, yeah, and steal money through the internet because on a day to day basis now, millions to billions of dollars are just being pulled from people's accounts. Like I literally, this is kind of off topic, but. I just saw on Twitter today that somebody just lost their board eight yacht club. What? Yeah. How do it's, you? It's because they were trying to do a trade with somebody else. Sure. On this exchange, that the people who had their their board apes on this exchange that they were trying to change with the authentic holder of that board ape, mm-hmm. all they did was they stole board ape photos. They put in the bottom right. Because on each of these NFTs in the bottom right on this website, it shows like a verified thing, like sure. just like a like a green little stamp with almost, a check in like it. Almost like a Twitter verification, more or mark. less. Yeah, but it's green looking, and so they sure. just basically copy they they photoshopped it in, photoshopped it in. Yes. Okay. And then they made the trade, and they lost that board ape. The well, the person who actually had the authentic one lost it to a fake one because it was photoshopped. Uh, okay. Yeah. And it's just the small things like that. Yeah. Uh, the authenticity, uh, the authenticity, the authenticity just isn't there at the moment. Yeah. There's just so much that goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate, but yeah, with secure networks and just secure, a secure ecosystem. Yeah. Could change everything. Yeah. Because it was, it was, it's kind of similar to the, to what happened to OpenSea. Yeah. When they were doing a network upgrade. And people were somebody somebody took I don't know if it was somebody's keys. I re- there was this was a, a while ago, but there was a, a thread where somebody actually broke down what happened. And it was, it was like 15 Twitter posts long, <laughs> yeah. but it was actually really interesting to read. 
about how OpenSea was was upgrading their platform because Ethereum had a a blockchain upgrade that just had gotten implemented, sure. and OpenSea was in the process that like halfway process of implementing it. Yeah, and somebody was able to slip some keys in between the transaction layer, and, <laughs> and it ended up somehow they they programmed it so the smart contracts would send the the NFTs to this guy's account and not the the person who rightfully bought it's sure. account. Yeah. And wow. they they only sent back the ones that weren't worth anything. I don't know how much like in terms of like monetary value that they stole, but it was a, a, I'm sure it was a considerable amount cuz it affected a ton of transactions. That's terrible. Mhm. And a lot of people lost a lot of money in that. Yeah. Too much money. Yeah. Well, they were going to lose it anyways from Ethereum gas fees. But, you know. <clears throat> uh, anyways, some more benefits. Uh, significant savings in managing cash, collateral, and credit. Yep. Better customer experience like real-time reporting, rapid onboarding, and instant payments. Where blockchain really shines. Yes. Just in general for that. Of course. Yes. Uh, we have data-driven insights that cuts cost and boost revenues. Mm-hmm. That's just going to ramp up any sort of financial institution's source of revenue. Sure. Yeah, it's it's also going to help improve their projections. Yeah, for what the future may hold. Yeah, true. Because it's true. easier to track all of those transactions and get maybe like a flat idea of like, for instance, how there's you can see the market cap of any given cryptocurrency. It's a similar thing to that, where they could do that with all of their transactions and fees and stuff, and prepare for the future. Yeah, whoever's running the books at these banks is going to have a much better time. Of course. Yeah. Reduced compliance risk through richer, faster regulatory reports, yep. as you just stated. Yep. Invisible interoperability between markets, irrespective, and the underlying technology. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. They benefit the whole financial sector immensely. Yeah, that invisible interoperability, regardless of the underlying technology, is really interesting. And I wonder how that's going to affect how they're... Can't see me. That's right, John basically Cena. what it is. You just can't see me. It happens, but it doesn't at the same time. It's just not a messaging format. ISO 20022 is an open global standard for financial information. It provides consistent, rich, and structured data that can be understood by anyone and used for every kind of financial business transaction. All of the money. Every single piece of it. You won't want to miss this opportunity. Not financial advice. Tatakus. But just thank us in three to five years from now when you listen to the Alt Kings on the day you watch this episode and you just knew what was to come. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. We're just trying to put y'all on, you know? Yeah, exactly. We hear th- we hear for the people. Yeah, exactly. Also, we need to think of a nickname for you. Me? Yeah, because Tatakiss is not... Tatakiss? When did this ever come about? I, I just said it. It kind of just came out. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> that's that's bad. I've never been called that. T-A-T-I-C-U-S. Oh, my God. Oh, my. <laughs> Please save me. But no, no, we, I've we, never we, been called that. It's been always like Tater Tot, Tater, Gator. My grandpa gator. called me Gator. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, what else? T-Money, uh, just a bunch of just DJ and stuff. 
No? I yeah, love that. Love that for you, bud. I'll just go by, you know, Tate. Hey, at least you don't get the same two all the time. So I get I get Corbin Blue on almost a daily basis. Now from, you get Rue. From High School Musical. And then I also get... Rue Seezy. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Vicente for, for inspiring the name. But the other one I get a lot is Corbin Dallas from The Fifth Element. So, yeah. yeah. Well, good movie. Good movie. It's not a bad nickname. Not financial advice, it's, but you know, good movie. Not, <laughs> it's not a bad nickname. Yeah. I'll, I'll stick to Tate, though. I mean, just Tate. Be honest. Have you ever met another Tate? No. There you go. Dang. I never thought about that. I, I, do, I do that to everybody. I talk to people all the time. Like, have you ever met another Tate? Some say yes. Majority say no. So we are living in a simulation. I've actually met another Tate once. Um, it was when I played soccer. It was a glitch in the Matrix. Literally. I'm a goalie. Yeah. Or I was a goalie. Yeah. The other goalie was named Tate. It was a Tate versus Tate battle. Nice. We know who won. I th- I, I'm going to put my money on Tate. <laughs> Sol- <laughs> solid bet. Solid oh. bet. ISO 20022 is a major market initiative. Being at the heart of Swift strategy to enable frictionless and instant transactions. Going to ramp up everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to have a lot more data to work with. Yeah. A lot more data. The payment industry will be migrating to this. And over the next five years, which gives it some time to get out the kinks and stuff. Yeah. And definitely make sure it matures and develops because it's it's going to come to each country over time. It's just not mm-hmm. going to happen overnight. Yeah. I mean, no, November is going to be really, really big. Yes. Of this year. It's yeah. going to be really big. It's going to be rolled out in quite a few countries. Yeah. The major countries, the major countries, <laughs> like they've been testing mm-hmm. a lot in smaller third world countries just to see how things work and operate. Yeah. But, um. It's definitely going to be coming to those major countries, obviously, like you said, in November. And yeah. that will definitely prove and show what works and what doesn't. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if the, the price action for these coins during during that time period to see if is it going to get picked up in like as soon as it rolls out? Is it going to start ro- like volume and everything is going to start ramping up or is it going to take some time? like implement these coins into the system because they are compliant but just because something's compliant doesn't necessarily mean already integrated into the system it doesn't mean it has regulatory clarity and also regulatory clarity which i think xrp might have by then should have by then yeah it's knocking on our front door (laughs) nice that was good that was good yes xrp hopefully by november will have that regulatory clarity that we've been waiting for for the last Damn near two years. Too long. Yeah. Too long. Can you feel it? Great Daft Punk song. Another, it's also why financial market infrastructures all over the world have already adopted the technology, helping users to do more business at much lower cost. Yep. Same. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we live in the United States. There's so many sorts of businesses in the United States alone. Yeah. But we don't even... We can't even wrap our heads around the markets in China. We sure. get everything from China. Yeah. Think about the businesses there. Mm-hmm. It's probably 10x the amount of businesses we have in the United States. Oh, yeah. And probably even more than that. Yeah. And those businesses alone need some sort of way to send their money and send their payments and all that that goes with that. I don't know if China's the best 
example. Example. Because Sorry, let's of, put it at Japan. Yeah. Yeah, Japan. Which has a lot of ODL corridors yes. over in Japan. Yep. Japan, India, things of that sort. And yeah. uh, what else? Well, there's just so many countries. Any sort of manufacturing company or country, mm-hmm. I guess you could put it at. Yeah. I mean, China's more or less in their own world. Yeah. The well, they, they have their own things. digital currency, too, that's already yeah. implemented. Yeah. But their digital currency will need to be able to bridge off and connect with others. True. I'm actually not sure. I need to do some reading into that. Or we could maybe do a video on that of like how the, the digital. What's it called again? The one. Yeah. yeah. Of how the one is going to integrate into other ecosystems. Cause at the Olympics, uh, it was last year, right? Yes. Yeah. The, yes. the winter Olympics, the, they had given out like a ton of digital yuan for people to use. While they were at the Olympics. Oh, like a, as like a test net in a way. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think it's a couple things. Obviously, China wants to implement their currency into as many places as possible. They want to take over the world. And yeah. They play the long game with it. From what I, my understanding is they play the, the very, very, very long game with trying to overcome the whole entire world in a way. Mm-hmm. But like, it's, it's not like they're just trying to attack it at once. No, no, and I think that's why they're they're siding so much with Russia right now. Yeah. I mean, they're right now Russia and China are partnering with the Saudis with oil to possibly get a petro-backed either ruble or yuan and control the oil industry. Yeah, maybe not necessarily control it, but boost the strength of their currencies, yeah. and that strength is going to get sucked out of the U.S. dollar, which means more inflation because we're going to have less buying power. Because and we're just going to continue to pull from our own storage of oil, and then eventually we might run out. Well, yeah, we can drill. Yeah, but they don't. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, they're I not mean, giving we, out. We permits. drill in the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I get that. (laughs) But like we were at a point of where we had complete energy independence from everybody else. What about just a couple years back, correct? Yeah, like two years back, I want to say we had energy independence. Somebody was in office that time. And then, yeah, this isn't a political show, but like, no, not at all. This isn't, this isn't, yeah. yeah. We're just trying to discuss the fact. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, a bunch of lease permits for these these rigs to actually drill for the oil got revoked. I don't know who in who in the cabinet did that, but somebody somebody revoked that. So we started buying more and more oil from Russia and Saudi Arabia. And Russia wants to go to war with Ukraine. Yeah, and then Russia wanted to go to war with Ukraine, and that's why oil prices are so high. So because we're not buying from Russia anymore, so who else are we gonna buy from? Like, I mean, obviously we have the Saudis, but like, still, they're not stupid. They know that that's a good market opportunity for them to jack it's, up the rate. It's one of their best market opportunities. Yeah. It's like the only thing that they really have going for them. Yeah. To be and, honest with you. Yeah. And they know that they're not, that there's not a lot of drilling permits out there. So we're not going to start, you know, ramping up production anytime soon. Yeah. Soon. But anyways. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that was, a, that was a long ramble. <laughs> Oh, we'll have to put timestamps back, uh, back in there just for that one. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to put timestamps in the other ones. It's all right. Oh, no. We oh, just I hope you bad. watch through the whole thing. 
Enjoy yeah, yeah, our, yeah, our well, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll go in there and retroactively add them in the other ones. That's my fault. <laughs> no worries. Oh, no worries. But yes, over time, the Juan or Juan. Yeah. Is it Juan or Yuan? That's what I was wondering. Because I think it's Juan. Like U O N. I thought it was Y A U. I don't even know. But um, over time, we can hopefully see implementation and connection with all the digital assets around the world that are efficient and financially secure. Yeah, it's Y-U-A-N, by the way. I Did I say that? You probably did. I thought I said Y, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> but adopting ISO 20022 will ensure people don't miss out on the growing data-driven markets enabled by APIs. Mm -hmm. What's an API? Uh, an API, I remember, I'm, I, don't, I don't know exactly what API stands for, but it's, it's like application... Application programming interface. Yeah. It is a connection between computers or between computer programs. It is a type of software interface offering a service to other pieces of software document or standard that describes how to build or use such connection or interface is called an API yeah. specification. So yeah, so it's like the the foundation of a program. Yeah. I, yeah. More yeah, it's like the building blocks. Yeah. And ISO 20022 will connect those and enable them. Mhm. Mm yep. These include open finance and digital assets. APIs are growing very fast and not just as the basis of today's platform economy, but as the foundation of tomorrow's data-led economy. Yeah. The very fast-growing productive market that has a lot of room to grow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's where Google and Facebook make all their money from. Yes. It, because, I mean, all they do is just sell ads. Yep. They collect as much information as AdSense. humanly possible from AdSense, you. AdSense, AdSense, yep. AdSense. Yep, and then essentially sell sell ads yeah. that's their whole shindig well i mean obviously they they do stuff with like android or whatever but like that is facebook's source of revenue and now they're oculus yeah and meta yeah they're or, branching yeah. off a little bit yeah they are branching off a little bit but at the end of the day yeah, that's that's, that's still all they're doing that's is, also where they continue to get their brain stronger is through selling those ads and stuff mm -hmm. it just yeah because at the end of the day, these companies are going to pay more and more money as Facebook starts to get smarter with its algorithms yeah. to serve people ads. So if you start getting, you know, closer and closer custom tailored ads to your specific, you know, things that you like, or maybe you do tennis or something and then you start getting rackets. Oh, that, that, happens really, the, that already happens on a daily basis. But the thing is, are, how targeted are they? Like, do you use a specific brand? Do you have a brand that you really like? What happens is you connect your microphone to these apps. They listen into you. They listen to the words that you say. Yeah. And how you interact with your phone. Yeah. And then they base your ads off of those. things. Yes. Just your Google searches. Like, somehow they get a hold of your Google searches mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And the next thing you know, they pop into your mm -hmm. Facebook and Twitters and all that stuff. The other thing, though, is a lot of people don't realize this. They're they're trying to add eye tracking into consumer grade VR headsets. Uh, eye tracking is already in like business level, like corporate level VR headsets. 
but they're they're once that gets implemented into consumer level headsets that's going to be really really interesting for how the the ad structure works for these companies because now they can see how long you looked at an ad oh my goodness so if you're playing a game and let's say coca-cola for instance maybe sponsors a game and maybe your your avatar goes down and like reaches for a cup or something how long did you look at the coke that or did you yeah well that i mean if you're able if they're able to just follow your eyes Mm -hmm. you technically won't ever have to move your head again using a vr you just no, you'll still your, you'll still need to move your head, but because you, you, you'll need that degree of freedom, otherwise you'll get motion sickness. I guess, yeah. I was just thinking that if you're just able to like look and it just follows where your eyes move in the VR headset, that would be really good for people who have motor disabilities. Yeah, or maybe have some sort of motor impairment. I could see that. Then being I just really see useful. everybody sitting with their VR headsets on, just in their chairs, just moving and then controlling with their hands, yeah. moving with their eyes or looking around with their eyes and controlling with their. You already still kind kind of can do that. I yeah. did that with the, there's this game called Poker Stars VR. Wow, we are so off topic off of well, ISO 2022. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, this, that's what I used to do when I would get home from work. Is I would put on I had a first generation Quest and yeah. there's this poker game that you could play in VR with people. And I would sit down in my chair and prop my legs up, and then essentially because you move around with the joysticks, and I would just move around with the joysticks and like anywhere you look is the direction you go. So I would just hold the thing and then just move my head in the direction I wanted to go. Crazy. Now I kind of want to play that. (laughs) But anyways, I mean, everything that we've talked about is, it's connected in a way. I mean, we we fall off topic, but it it branches off into different sectors of different things that kind of still connect in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. It's a very fast growing market that is still very underdeveloped mm-hmm. and has a lot of well growing potential. Yeah, I guess absolutely. you could say. Yeah, because we, we talked about it in one of our other videos. I forget which one it was, but if you think about the, the amount of population of, of the, the whole world that is unbanked because perhaps maybe they're in a developing nation or a third world country or something similar to that of where perhaps it wouldn't be feasible for these companies to actually build an entire branch there, but people have phones. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. People have phones. Yeah, A lot of people have phones. People have phones, but they don't have bank accounts. Yeah. So by having a, for instance, an XLM wallet, yes. you could potentially use that to, to do things. Cause we're already seeing that whole structure start to get, you know, to start to grow. So like from Nexo, you can get loans and stuff. And I'm sure as time goes on, you're going to be able to maybe leverage collateral for a mortgage. You're going to be basically more or less ISO 20022 eventually down the road. I feel like you're going to be able to get direct deposit through crypto Yeah. to your bank or not even, sorry, not to your bank account, to your crypto wallets. Mm-hmm. Because already we've stated this in the past, more people own a crypto wallet than a savings account now. Yeah. So we're already transitioning into that side of things. This whole world is going more more and more digital rather than to that physical side of the bank sectors where you go into the bank, you bring your cash with you, you deposit it into either your checkings or your savings account. Now it's more or less just going to be in your wallets and you're going to be able to transact the way you want to, wherever you want to, however you want to, no matter what. Yeah. It's insane. But 
Accessibility this, yes. is the name of the game. That's all ISO 20022 is going after, is yeah. accessibility. Now, what I want to see, too, that's going to be interesting is how, how this can be implemented in for the elderly population in terms of ease of use, specifically. I don't think it will be a problem. I think the only problem will be the, the lack of knowledge and technology. And that's just like anything, though. You're not going to know how to do something right out the gate. You're just going to have to learn and experience and gain those sensual, like, understanding of how things work. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, crypto is common sense in a way. Sure. You just have to go at it. You just have to approach it with an open mind and you have to just, just be open to what it is. Because, yeah. like, people get all confused about sending crypto to another wallet. All it is is finding out where your wallet address is in the exchange. Copying that, sending it to your buddy or whoever you're trying to send money to. Yeah. Send it to them, and then they'll just copy and paste it into theirs and send you the money. Yeah. Well, th well the thing is... I come kind of from a different perspective on that because sure. I've I've helped quite a few elderly people, sure. you know, with their Great phones crypto and stuff. All right, well, no, not, just well yeah, phone. I mean with crypto, oh, yeah, yeah, but also too the with just sector. just yeah. using their phones in general. I know a lot of people that are scared to move away from a flip phone yeah. because of the complication. Like we we get it because we've been in the system for yeah. so long. Yeah. I mean, we've grown I, up with it. Exactly. Less. Yeah. I mean, like I grew up with an iPod Touch. I feel like as if someday flip phones won't be a thing or they, they'll be a thing, but they, there's going to be a very small percent of people as there already is now mm -hmm. using them. And it's going to be those people who are scared to progress and scared to grow with society that stick to their, their flip phones and don't transfer into crypto while the whole entire world is transferring and evolving into this crypto space. I mean, there's always going to be that small group of people who don't change with the rest of the people. Sure. And although it's probably more than likely a bigger percentage now, but over time, it just it's really just about over time and the way that things develop and progress as a whole. Because I don't see, I mean, obviously it definitely is a problem trying to send, you would never be able to send money through crypto on a flip phone. Not no. possible. But, I mean, it, it's probably possible. Yeah. If you have some sort of Wi-Fi. I actually have an idea. Hmm. Light bulb just went off in your Light head. Light bulb just went off. A lot of these flip phones are using Android. But a, a very, very simplified version of Android, yeah. essentially. And Android is an open standard. All of these flip phones have to have 4G built into them because they, they just shut off 3G. And 4G is a very competent, you know, internet standard for, for phones. Yeah. So theoretically, somebody could create an app specifically for these phones that would simplify the process of everything, yeah. maybe using HBAR or something, because my thing is I could see people getting concerned that they're not going to remember their their wallet address yeah or their seed phrases yeah or their seed phrases well the seed phrase thing you just write it down and then because yeah, th that's part of it being decentralized a lot of people will lose those seed phrases that's the problem but that's with anything yeah, yeah. 
you yeah. can't it, that's yeah. just more or less a maturity yeah, exactly. But the thing with HBAR that I like about it is your uh, address is very, very short. It's 0.0.6 numbers. Really? That's it. I that is your know that. whole address. Wow. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like if you're sending it to an exchange, there's going to be like a little memo for sure involved with it, too. But I mean, I that's the only. So we've been in crypto now for how long, Tate? A little over a year, right? Yeah, I'm coming up on two years. Yeah, you're coming up on two years. Yeah, yeah, you're probably yeah. a little, yeah. My HBAR wallet address is the only wallet address I know off the top of my head. Because it's only six digits long. Well, I mean, it's the 0.0, .0 but whatever. It's, it's shorter still... than your phone number. Yeah, it's shorter than your phone number. So that, that wouldn't be a problem to adapt to. Exactly. If it's off of something like that. Yeah. But HBAR is, one, a very, very reliable token. Yeah. And very so, quick too. Yeah, very cheap. So it's everything. Use yeah. definitely see us growing in an immense amount. So yeah, somebody needs to build like a senior DAP for HBAR that would allow you to be able to buy and sell cryptocurrency using it. That's that's an idea. Yeah, it just you you just really have to simplify the process all the way down to like a a kindergartner level. Yeah. Well, maybe not a kindergarten level, but uh, it's it's almost more or less. Uh, think about it. There's kindergartners out there who use a phone and iPads and stuff. Yeah. And they play these games. They learn these little things on it. They develop sure. their minds, or sure. fry their brains from it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> with being on TikTok all the time, you really just have to dumb it down to the dumbest possible way. So everybody understands it. Yeah. But makes sense. Yeah. I mean. It's a messaging system that is here to change the world yeah and the way that we move money and the way that we basically communicate in all sectors but not just me and you banks yeah and that's where all the money is the six tokens that mean the most in this sector are the following xrp we don't have xlm up there but xlm wait we don't have xlm up we here? do not we don't have a couple of them have XRP, oh, HBAR. I was so excited to be able to... We have XRP, XLM, XDC, <laughs> IOTA, Algorand, Quant, <laughs> and HBAR. Yes. But HBAR is not a part of it yet. No, HBAR is not a part of it yet, but it, it wouldn't be that... No. I don't think it would be that difficult for them to implement it. It's got... It checks off if you got a checklist of something that is ISO two zero zero two two compliant. Mm -hmm. It's it checks off basically everything. Yeah, kind of like Quant too. I don't think Quant is officially no, but they they I the protocol has stated Quant a couple times, but I don't okay. believe it is a hundred percent compliant. I just know they've they've talked about it. Yeah, in the past, I'm sure they could add it at some point. There's a lot they they can add. Yeah, for sure. But with that being said, thank you all for another great episode. Absolutely. We hope you didn't hear the dogs in the background. That's uh, why I made that dogs. face. Yeah, those dogs, I swear. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Anyways, this has been ISO 20022. We hope you learned something from this. And this was not financial advice. None of this was financial advice. We're just trying to educate the uneducated. Yep. That's what we're here for. And that is the Alt King's Crypto Talk Show. I don't know what I like better, crypto talk show or crypto podcast.
They both hit different. Yeah, they do. I think podcast for now. And then because eventually we want to be able to do live streams and stuff and take questions from the community and stuff. Grow into a crypto talk show. Grow into a talk show. Yeah, yeah I like that. More or less, we already are because now we're talking more face to face than directly at the camera. True. More conversational. Yeah. As it should be. Yeah. Thank you all for tuning in. Mm -hmm. We hope you have a great day. Indeed. Bing, bing bang, bing bang. <laughs> there. More editing. <laughs>